Welcome to the American Contractor Stories. I'm John Dye. And I'm Leanne Koppel. We are interviewing some amazing contractors and letting them share their stories. These stories are not just going to entertain you, but they're going to inspire you to go out and live the American dream. Because that's exactly what they are doing. So let's dive in. All right, we're back. American Contractor Stories. Yes, we're, we are so excited for this one. It's going to be good. <laughs> I keep like, I wanted the suspense to build up just a little bit here, but we're, we're in Denver again. Yes, CRA, Commercial Roofing Academy. Yes. Behind the scenes here in the green room with probably one of my favorite people in the whole world. Yes. Him and his wife. Oh, yeah. Well, Tanya's there. amazing. Yeah. Tanya's amazing, but we got TW Mock with us today. And, yeah. um, Man, you are you are the man, like the most interesting man in probably every room that you walk into. Hmm. I wouldn't say that, but yeah, I'll, I'll rank up there. <laughs> I would say rare. I, I would, would say that would be rare. Is a good way to put it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. You know, we've talked a lot today, and and you know, I I always admire any chance that I get to hang out. Or likewise. No. Whatever, man. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, you're doing stuff that. Look, look at the followers behind it. Look what you've done. When I when I first met you, I remember seeing your truck in New Orleans, right? It went. I was, no no kidding, true story. And then I watched you drive the truck. I watched all of this build, and this goes back to that entrepreneurial spirit, right? You have put in the work. Now you have how many followers? We're about one point six, one point seven million. Who's the gangster in the room? <laughs> Right. It's, I don't I know. I can tell you right now, it's you. So I don't know about that. It doesn't just matter about followers. It's yeah. about the money in your bank. So. Well, well but, not yeah, even that. But not even yeah. that. Yeah. And no, it's part of it. It's part yes, of it. Yes. It's yeah, part of it. It is part of it. But um, it's not the purpose. Yeah. 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 That changes. It does. Yeah. It's creating the change. Well, we're trying to do stuff, and you're trying to do stuff now, mm-hmm. but your story and your business. I, that's what we're here for. I want to hear the story and share it a little bit because yeah. it's so it's so cool that you know I'll let you tell the story because no, just I don't know what the cool part is though. That's the <laughs> I think it's just the, the the whole journey is the cool part. No, the journey is absolutely the cool part, and I do love the journey. I do. Sometimes mm-hmm. I talk. You hear me get negative about the friction, right, in business, and I get to where I sometimes the businesses pull on me to the point where I have no time. Right. Well, that's also my fault. Right. Mm-hmm. So be careful what you wish for because you mm-hmm. built this machine and then all of a sudden it needs your attention and you just simply can't walk away from it. But sometimes I resent that because yeah. I don't get choices. Right. I don't get the choices that I preach so much about and everybody else in my life does to, in, in, to include the company. Right. right. So everybody goes home on the weekend, they check out whatever. Right. Well, you're dealing with the forest fires or you're dealing with some kind of response or you're dealing with something that's bigger picture. Right. So you're in there on a Sunday. You're in there on a Saturday. You're doing it when your wife's asleep and your family, mm-hmm. even the house isn't moving. You're working. Right. So that goes on consistently over the years. You end up presenting pieces of that puzzle. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's very I do. true. But in now you could you could listen to all of that and you could look at my life and you could say, this guy's just whining. No, I'm not whining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm being real. The struggle's real. Yeah. Right. So the, the reality is, is that I love my life and I'm truly blessed. No doubt about it. There's pieces of it I don't like. Mm-hmm. Just being honest. Yeah. yeah. We were talking about this before we got online about how do you do, do balance this and do this and do that and do you know how do you make all this work? How do you make all this work? Yeah. No, you get it. I mean, yeah. it's all relevant. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. dealing with just massive compression, and we all only have that 24, 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. And you got to break this out for this bucket, that bucket, this bucket. Then where where's your bucket? Yeah. Where's your five minutes to just walk outside and do nothing? Yeah. That phone's not ringing. What a concept. What a concept. Yes. As business owners, like, that's hard because, and I'm so happy you're bringing up that topic because it's not talked about enough. Everyone talks about, oh, yeah, all the great success things that come with it. But then there are things you don't like. No. And there's things that you can resent. And that's fully natural in in the longevity of a business. It is. And, and And it's also dealing with that struggle. Yeah. Internally, because who are you going to talk to? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I going to talk to people don't understand? So I have to talk to other business owners. Yes. Yeah. You get it, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't go talk to somebody else and like, oh, man, you got this. What do you want it about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, it's all relevant. But there's only a certain, then your circle gets smaller, right? And things start changing because mm-hmm. then you're only talking to other business owners. Mm-hmm. And 
anyway, it's just this organic flow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but there's, you push the rock up the hill every day. I just don't forget that, right? Yeah. I just don't forget that. Sometimes I do. But understanding that I push it up today and then it goes back down tomorrow and I push it up again tomorrow. That's mm-hmm. just the way it works, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't care if your company's running sustainable through its SOPs and it's running like a clock. I promise you something's going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's just the yes, way it is. It's the way it is. It's, the, it's, the, it's like a law, right? Right. Like you're, things are just going to go wrong if they can go wrong. <laughs> I manage my expectations that way. Yeah. And my mm-hmm. morning expectation is that I'm going to get killed five times. I'm going to get run over. I know I'm going to get just beat up. So if it only happens twice, I'm like, hey, it's been a great day. Yeah. <laughs> right? so I just I automatically manage my expectations. So to lay a little context today, yeah. you know, you, you've started a lot of businesses a in few, your career. A few. A few. A few. Several. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in, just to lay context, like the main, the main businesses you run are TAD, right? Yeah, that's my U.S.-based operation. Yeah, one of them. One of them. Yeah. And then you have several foreign-based operations that are doing all kinds of different stuff in, amongst several different industries, right? Correct. And so that's, but it, but at the end of the day, though, there was a beginning, right? There was. Yeah. And what, what did that even look like? What's, what led you down this road? And, I, and I've heard the story before, but... I haven't, so I'm excited to hear about the well, beginning. Then, well, it's funny because my, everybody asking me this over the last couple of days, like, what was the single point that got you moving? Right. Um, and it was a it was a moment when I was 18 years old because my parents were extremely wealthy, my stepdad and my mom, and they cut me off. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I grew up in a world of private planes, and he had an offshore pipeline company outside of New Orleans. So I grew up in yeah. this world of Bentleys and craziness. They bought a ranch in Montana and built this big place. So they were up in Montana, and I graduated from high school. So I lived in their mansion, and this is 1988. I want to put this out there. Yeah. I have a brand new car, and that happened literally every year because I totaled them every year, and it was, <laughs> I, was, I was an absolute entitled prick, right? But at a $5,000 limit, they gave me a $5,000 allowance on a Barclays Gold card, and then I had a Gulf Gas credit card. Mm-hmm. So what do you think I was doing? Yeah. I was living like a rock star, right? Well, my stepdad basically reeled me back in, called me to Montana, took all everything away from me and said, hey, here's 200 bucks to get out of my life, basically. Wow. That's how it happened. And I lived on my brother's couch and basically was eating up in Montana. They have these little, I forget what they, what gas station it was. Anyway, I'm eating these little chili dogs and burritos, living on his couch. And I said, this sucks. This sucks. Mm-hmm. So I had to do something. I thought I was going to Wall Street when I was in high school. I thought I was going to play basketball at LSU. And that was an opportunity that I blew. I wanted to smoke weed instead of actually going to play ball. Mm-hmm. So that kind of took me down another road. And then I realized... And I'll segue to this later. But then I realized I never graduated high school. Yeah. Never, wow. got a, never got a diploma. I found this out in my jury trial for my son. Really? Wow. My ex-wife actually brought this up. No shit. True story. And because I was so entitled that my mother, I never went to, I never showed up after lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I just never showed up. I just never showed up. So yeah. I'm just calling myself out about how I grew up. And But she didn't hold me accountable to that either. She just let me kind of do me. Um she basically had to make some donate. Anyway, my mom did what my mom does. Love her. She passed away 21 years ago. But um, long story short, I never physically got a diploma. No yeah. kidding. True story. And But back to Montana. So here I am. I start doing handcrafted log homes. That takes me to South Korea. I built my first one internationally there because nobody would go. So I said, I'll go. Yeah. That's where it started. I started following the path that nobody wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Because, and I did that, I just, I've realized over the last couple of years, maybe the last 10 years, the reason that I, I go into places that people don't want to go is because it's easier for me, mm-hmm. right? I don't have to compete against the Harvard-educated guy. I can go do this somewhere else where nobody wants to be, so I'm the only choice, so you, ha- you got no choice. Yeah. So the same thing happened in Iraq, the same thing happened in Africa. I mean, I've just done things that were different because there were, and the competition was different, you didn't really have any. <laughs> you had some, well, but you really didn't have any. Mm-hmm. Um, you sought out different opportunities than most people seek out. Yeah, exactly. I have a different. I, I see life through a different lens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I see the the abilities to monetize in different places in business. Um, understand that I've only ever gotten a paycheck from. Oh, geez, maybe two, maybe three, three, three companies, two, three companies in my entire life. I've had to write <laughs> my my own check. 
Yeah. Um, so for me, it was about survival. Yeah. So I'd get up and I would go survive. And then, it, you know, then that became easy. Money became easy. Making money was always easy. Um, me managing it, that was a different story. Right? Yeah, yeah. I could make it, but I could damn sure spend it. So, <laughs> um, and it came down to one of my business mentors and that changed my life. But anyway, moving on from, from that, that took me around the world, went to Japan, built eight houses, and then that ultimately parlayed me into the commercial sector in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for a um, big GC in Houston, became very good friends with. Uh, he did a psyche psyche valve mm-hmm. on a bunch of his young leaders. Um, I started out as a, as a foreman, carpenter foreman, putting blocking for roofing on wow. CVS Walgreens. That's where I started no in kidding. the commercial space. And then um, a guy didn't show up for work, a super didn't show up for work, and I knew how to read plans. So he said, hey, yeah. man, can you grab that Walgreens and take it? I said, I got this. I got it. And I was like 25. 20, I was 26 when that happened. And I worked for him for about two years and then, ultimately set one of the biggest fastest records to build the walgreens from <laughs> from i mean i just knew how to cut them yeah right the real estate was the only difference so um and then we had a psyche valve they brought us all in he would not hire me he would not promote me as to a pm because i didn't have a bachelor's degree really no wouldn't do it couldn't do it yeah really? exactly couldn't do it couldn't do it um but what really alarmed him was is that you know, and he called me in last, which I thought was kind of odd. And I love him. He's, a, I call him the screaming Greek, right? Mm-hmm. So, is his name, but I would cut that out when we actually, <laughs> but anyway, edit. yeah, I had it. Um, but no, just screaming Greek, he's crazy. He said, What do you want to be in five years? And I said, In your shoes. And he said, Then why are you here? Oh, oh that's yeah. a good question to ask. Yeah, why are you here? And put it out. Yeah, I, and I said, Well, I've got a young son, I've got a young family, I've got to make money. And he said, Let me help you leave. <laughs> and he actually helped me kick my first business off. Wow. No kidding. True story. I worked for the man. But he said, you have a different skill set. Mm-hmm. You have a different application. You need to do you, and this is how you need to do it. And I respected the man. Well, I still what do you it. think would have happened if he hadn't said that? Oh, yeah. Uh, the relationship wouldn't have ended the way it did. Right? No, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have. We would have ended up getting frictionable at some point. Yeah. Because at some point I would have continued excelling in life and I would have I would hit a ceiling level and I would have left mm-hmm. and he knew that he saw something that was coming down the pipe and he embraced it yeah, that's what yes. I'm saying and then but that encouragement though probably really laid a good foundation for you to be able to take off and you know that someone else saw something that maybe you didn't even recognize in yourself I didn't at that time yeah mm-hmm. yeah I was literally running dollar to dollar right I, I had made money in Japan and I thought I was doing great and you know, I was buying houses. I lived in uh, just in the bottom of Lake Tahoe at the time, and that's where Andre was born. And then, but everything changed because Clinton imposed a trade embargo against Japan. So all my mm-hmm. world got shut off. I got no, had no finance. I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. yeah. I was leveraging everything. I wasn't investing everything, right? I was just starting my life out. So I was mortgaged a house. I needed, of course, I needed a boat. And of, course <laughs> yeah, of course, I, of, course. <laughs> of course, I needed this. Of course, I needed that. So everything was over leveraged. Right. And, yeah. and I ran that way. So when that stopped, guess what happened? Yeah. Right? So and that taught me a lesson. It didn't teach me a bigger lesson until I was around 36. That's when I really yeah. learned a valuable lesson. But um, then fast forward to that. My company's blowing up. Everybody, we're doing awesome and we're killing crap and we're building data centers and nobody's building data centers. But so we knock out Safeway corporate data. Right. Mm-hmm. And I moved it from Salt Lake City to Phoenix and then. I invested heavily in the Phoenix market, and then that took me down a different road with another gentleman when I invested in a big development in Tulsa. Um, and he literally changed my life, changed it. And it was all about money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He asked me what my purpose was, and I couldn't answer him. Yeah, oh, I, didn't have an, I didn't have an answer. And I said, what's that mean? What does purpose mean? And I didn't know. I thought it was about the money. It wasn't. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, it just took me down this middle road, and, and it just changed my trajectory and, and how I looked at things. And... Um, ultimately, not to get long-winded with that story, but I thought that $25 million was the number. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and laughed and said, you're mm-hmm. almost broke. Yeah. He said, you're over-leveraged. Yeah, you're making money, but two Ferrari driving fool, you're this, mm-hmm. you're that. You're, you're 45 days in bankruptcy. And I said, man, you're crazy, Bob. You're crazy. I got the mm-hmm. world by the horns. No, I didn't. Six months later, I ended up in the hospital. Basically, they mm-hmm. thought I had a stroke. 
I'd worked myself to death. I was up at 4.30 and I just ran like a dog. Drank four, I was over, I have mad allergies, so I was taking like four or five Claritin a day. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was drinking Americanos like they were water, like I drink White Monsters today. But mm-hmm. um, I was drinking this, you know, four shots of espresso, like, and just ran my body in the ground. Well, my partner sued me for control of the company when I, when I landed. I landed in there at, what, four in the morning, whatever, three in the morning. By 10, I was served. Wow. I never set foot back in that company again, and I'm a majority share of it. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. So you go right in the hospital and he, and he serves they you. They sue me, yeah. Right away. And then it turned into a massive gunfight. Yeah. He stole this. He did this. He used the MX and bought mm-hmm. that. You know how this gets. It gets into just drama yep. of BS. And were they right? We were all doing the same shit. We were young yeah. entrepreneurs yeah. doing stupid stuff, right? So at the end of the day, it taught me a valuable lesson in business mm-hmm. uh, about how to restructure and and how to protect relationships in business too. Yeah. Because I don't generally don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. But when you get into that situation, that's a gunfight. Yeah. yeah. That is a gunfight. You are fighting for survival because everybody's trying to take. So do you or them? It's it, it, and you got to kill or be killed. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's mm-hmm. sometimes a light switch that people can't turn on. Yeah. Um, I beg everybody not to. Yeah. I do. I yeah. beg everybody not to go down that road. But if I have to go down that road, then mm-hmm. I, I'm fully committed to the process of killing you. <laughs> so right, right. I don't mean that in a literal sense. I mean in a legal sense. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, but um, and, and historically, it's kind of funny because I don't. that's a line of last resort. Yeah. And I'll, I'd rather lose money than right. actually go down that road. If I'm, if I'm going down that road legally, it's personal. Right. <laughs> At that point, it's no longer business because now I'm going to. I'm going to make a spectacle out of this for a reason. Right. Um, because somebody just absolutely breached the house. They breached the door and yeah. came in and attacked us. And at that point, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows don't do that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's anyway. So oh. I have a question. So yeah. growing up the way that you did, um, were you taught anything about business? Do you think some of these skills like naturally came to you? Or is this some things that you kind of picked up watching your family do? Well, I mean, understand my stepdad, and that's probably backing it up. So mm-hmm. he owned an offshore pipeline company in the city of New Orleans, okay. Harvey specifically. I grew up in that city. If you mm-hmm. know anything about New Orleans and Napoleonic Law and how the good old boy network works, right, if you want it in Louisiana, buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're talking about a courthouse or I could go down a number of roads and no, I'm not calling out the state of Louisiana. I am I'm basically saying that it is synonymous with corruption mm-hmm. and it has been noted for that. And it's historic in, in a lot of different places. But um, the reality is, is yes, to your point, I literally was with him in some of my, my most formidable years of business as a teenager. Yeah. And I watched his actions. I watched how he navigated. Mm-hmm. I watched how he do things. Now, he was an evil man, mm-hmm. evil man. Um, he had an evil side to him. And I guess I do, too, in that sense from the outside looking in, but um, he was a different kind of guy. Buds had an eighth grade education, the smartest man I ever met, had a work ethic like a John Deere tractor. I mean, just grind. I mm-hmm. mean, and I've watched the man lose everything, hundreds of millions of dollars, and then build it all back. Right. Wow. I've, I've been through this with him as a kid. I didn't know what I was witnessing at the time. Yeah, yeah. But to your point, yes, I couldn't even deny that it had some massive impact on the way that I do business today. It also told me, and, and to my biological father, everybody asked me about my son and why did I do what I did with my son when, when his mom wanted to move him to Ethiopia. I, my parents, I love, my, I love you, Mom, but it showed me how, what kind of parent I didn't want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I chose to do it different, right? Yeah. I'm not saying I don't love him. Yeah. I'm not saying that he was right or wrong. I'm saying that I, cho- I made a decision to do it different. I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. But I knew what I went through, and I knew yeah, that exactly. I wasn't going to do this again yeah. to him. So that's the foundation of how it went. I watched my parents go up and down in relationships. So why am I so committed to my wife, right? Mm-hmm. Because I know what the other side looks like. Yeah. I know that. It's ugly. And, and it, not that it's always pretty, because mm-hmm. it's not. Very Trust true. me. That woman will beat me up in two minutes. <laughs> Stab oh, me, cut me. Tanya. No, look, but she, she's got an evil side to her. Yeah. If I end up like. Don't ask all women do. <laughs> look, there, there's a level of gangster that comes out in her sometimes. <laughs> there's very few people in the world that can actually like steer me down a road, and that woman can make me stop in my tracks. Oh, that's why you were paired with her. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting because um, 
we are we are yin and yang mm-hmm. when it comes to attitude. I'm a driver, she is not. Yeah. Right. And then but ultimately I've had to thrust her into that moment. Yeah. So exactly. and she didn't she didn't like it. Yeah. She didn't want to drive. She didn't want to take the wheel. Yeah. She didn't want the responsibility of our crazy life, as we call it. Just all this chaos that just kind of goes on around us. And it's not chaotic. It's controlled descent. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's very strategic and tactical. But she just tries to, to grab hold of this. And she goes, there's no way. I don't know how you do this. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, I don't do it alone. Let's be real clear. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I mean, there's a massive team around this that moves it. But ultimately, it's... It's the team, the people. You've got to trust them. You've got to be able to. They have to make decisions. They have to fail. They have to report. But yeah. ultimately, you make the decision. Yeah. So I've started doing that with them over the last few years, and that's been kind of ironic to watch. And I say ironic because I'm watching it come out in her. She says, I can't. And I say, no, it's because you won't. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Yeah. You're being lazy. <laughs> She's like, really? That's where you're going with this? <laughs> that's yeah, that's might, what you do as a married couple. You call each other out, okay? Yeah, you might want to back on up a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'll make sure there's massive distance in the room before I say that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's not holding any sharp objects. Yeah. But, um, no, it's crazy. The The entrepreneurial life that I've led is, is not one that's been scripted. Mm-hmm. And I don't know too many people that have, but I don't think any entrepreneur's life is scripted. Right. Yeah, none. The way we did business in the 70s is completely different than the way we did in the 80s, the 90s, and 2000s. Every yes. year now, it's no longer in in 10 year increments. Now it's happening in two. It's 24 months. The exactly. world's changing in six months. Like things are changing so fast because of technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm antiquated. Right. I'm an antique. Literally, I think I theoretically <laughs> am an antique. So if I had a license plate on me, it'd be yellow. Right? So, um, but the the reality in all of this is, is that it's a struggle to keep up with it. Yes, because to keep the longevity going. Well, because if you don't, if you don't evolve with the current technology, mm-hmm. you will dissolve. Right. Yes. You will just simply the, somebody will go blow and right 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 past you. Now we've known a lot of different folks in the in the roofing industry, and you're watching it in the in the industry, and you're watching certain guys catapult, right? Yes. Um, for a lot of different reasons, and you're watching some guys sit back here and go, "Well, what am I doing with this or that?" And they struggle with trying to get in the traction. And again, I'm going to go back to your circle. Your circle's getting yes. smaller. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to get sharper because iron sharpens iron. It's right? true, though. A marshmallow doesn't sharpen a knife. Yeah. Right, but some people don't want that friction. They don't want to learn. Right. Yeah. They just don't. They don't want they to change. Want, they don't want confrontation. They don't want to be yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. I will have to say, like, meeting you and your wife last year, I a little story is John had put on the American Contractor Conference, and him, T.W. and his wife invited me and my husband to ride out with them to the conference mm-hmm. on, their, on their plane, their private yeah. plane. We had not met these people before. We had not met you. And I have so much respect for the both of you for the way that you treated my husband and I. It was very humbling. It was very kind. And you poured into us that day. Like you really did. Where us as business owners, we pour into people all the time. And we don't have a lot pouring into us. So it like... The next day, I felt like I woke up early. I felt so good. And I was like, wow, this is what it feels like when you're poured into. So I have to just really let you know that, that you and your wife did that. And to see and hear your story and your beginning and what you've done to still remain humble and just how you present yourself now, your presence, it is genuine. We feel that. It is very, very genuine. So to be able to uphold that after everything you've been through, losing stuff, you know, everything, yeah. it's, it's pretty incredible. Well, I appreciate you. I mean, I look at the end of the day, this is the, and I'll just be honest with you. I mean, one, if, if John likes you, right, <laughs> then, then I respect you. That's how this works in my world. Because yeah. if Kim and Paul were to say, Hey, you know, and I, automatically I'm going to respect that but it's not that I disrespect it I don't people I don't know why people put me on this funky pedestal I don't uh, and that's something that I've struggled with because at the end of the day I've been that guy that's consumed yeah right it, it's no longer it is about me but it's not mm-hmm. right it is about others and 
being present with you and your husband, I want to know about y'all. I didn't realize you lived right down the road. And yeah. We're literally like damn near neighbors. And, and I'm saying that, am I so reserved in my introverted ways that I don't even know you and you guys literally live in a, in a city that I have an aunt in? Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, am I that disconnected? It makes me feel bad because I don't, you guys are great people and you live down the street. And I'm like, gee whiz, how do I not know this? Right, because yeah. I know everything. So <laughs> I'm saying I'm supposed to know everything. It was being very sarcastic, but no, it's. Um, I don't think it's a pedestal, though. No, I think uh, I, it's I a think, rarity. I think it's it's truly like it's respect number one, but yeah. it's you know for for the accomplishments. But besides that, though, T.W., you could be you could be you and not be you. Like you could be you as far as the success goes and in, in the. You know the 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 whole TW life, but mm-hmm. without it being TW, like genuine TW, like wouldn't, you, wouldn't you'd be, be a prick. Same. Like yeah. no one would want to hang out with you. Like yeah. nobody would get that feeling from you. But the reality is, if you walk in a room and you talk to somebody, like you talk to me, and I'm just like, I'm I'm trying to catch every word so that I can, because yeah. I want to learn as much as I can from you. And in the fact that you're even willing to pour out the way that you do is is really what is so cool about it. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think the you have any guys in the in the industry, not this one, just just in the industry that speak in the world of business. Yeah, right. that speak. And I'm going to pick on a friend of mine. Well, I probably shouldn't. I won't <laughs> do it on here. We'll leave him unnamed. Unnamed. We'll leave him unnamed. But I'll leave a bunch of them unnamed right now. <laughs> and all you see them doing is pounding their chest on the wins and the successes right. and all this crap. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing this? And and the guys have asked me this a lot. Yeah. And everybody around me is like, why are you doing this? And I honestly couldn't answer them. Right. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do something that this made me very uncomfortable. Thank you, Kim. Um, <laughs> she started this nut roll. But then it opened a door for me, too, that that I didn't realize that was there. And it kind of mm-hmm. checked a box and it kind of kept checking boxes. Then it took me a minute to commit to go down this road. But ultimately, I'm sick and tired of hearing the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Right. We were we were we were flying up here and they're like, oh, this everybody was talking about the environment and the experience. And I said, man, it's really overrated. Mm-hmm. Right. And we talked about this earlier about the winds in my life and how lonely I was when that happened. And not that I was lonely. I wasn't lonely. It was great. It was, it was an achievement. It was like a milestone. And then I set the bar higher the next time and I immediately pour back into it to do it again. And, yeah. um, you know, what are you hunting for? What are you grinding it out for? But all of that stuff that provides all of that other stuff that sounds cool, and then we get on this chariot that flies us to India, and, mm-hmm. right? It's all that friction creates those moments. Yes. Yeah. That's oh, what I'm trying yes. to get at. I remember all the friction. Mm-hmm. That's my problem. I don't, I don't focus on it, but I remember, I know how hard it does. It's, so, it's actually pretty damn hard, yeah. right? So, you know, another friend of mine's looking for aircraft right now. He's in the, in the industry, and... He truly, and, and he's a brilliant man, and he truly thought that the operating cost of, a, of an X or something was about 200 grand a year. And I said, <laughs> oh, oh, you, are, you, you might want to add some zeros to that because yeah. you have seriously underestimated the cost of this. Yeah. I'm saying that it... That's, but, just, to leave, that's just to leave it sitting. Yeah, that's just for like, the hangar <laughs> yeah. cost. I mean, look, I spend, Maybe. I spend 450 hours a year in the air. Yeah. yeah. Right? I travel a lot. I don't like it. I don't even like it. Yeah. I don't. It's cool that they're there. The the aircraft were actually purchased for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the primary being a tax liability. Yeah. Right. So yeah. Just saying. It's oh, true. Well, that's how that works, right? Mm-hmm. So then you know, right. Anyway, not to get long-winded into that whole stream, but um, they do become a tool. And right. yes, mm-hmm. they are cool. There's moments when I'll use them as a cool factor, meaning. That, well, we did it, not a cool factor, but I remember flew into Kentucky. Yeah. Right after all of that, and then you needed to get home, so I flew you to Indy that night, and then I went home. Yeah. Right? So it's it's like, you know, the world becomes your playground, because you can mm-hmm. actually touch it in a minute. Yeah. yeah. You might extend your, your flight time for the day an hour or so, two hours. But in that particular plane? You yeah, it was like ver- 20 minutes. Yeah, you yeah. don't extend it very much. Not in that plane. Yeah. Um, yeah, because only two ahead of us faster. Yeah. So... You know, you, you kind of go down those roads, and that was never a bucket list for me. My wife asked me a question. Um, we were coming back from New Orleans right before Ida hit. I was down the night before the storm came in for a meeting. We're flying back, it's just her and I, and she said, did you ever envision, envision this in your life? And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, just your life. 
She says, I just sit back. I'm watching from the outside in. Yeah. And I've watched you over all these years, and I've watched this uh, this ebb and flow of you mm-hmm. figuring out who you are and made massive success in business and then literally walking. And the way that you've positioned your life and the way that you fight your own battles, she said, I've watched you kind of develop over the last couple of years and become comfortable in your own skin again. And I, that just kind of resonated with me. Like, I didn't realize I wasn't in the first place. Yeah. But, I, but I wasn't. And that, that transitioned right before this speaking event last year. Mm-hmm. Right? Some stuff came out in my life in January, and that changed everything. And we talked about that yeah. when I was up here the last time. But um, she's been really, and that made me feel bad because she's been a passenger. Not a passenger, but she's been my partner in life. But she's also been on the outside of my inner life, of my circle. Mm-hmm. Right. And she's had to watch that. And mm. she's watched this development. So to the question a minute ago before we got on here, all of that stuff resonates back to the the entrepreneurial side of your life and, and the friction that comes from it. I'm going to go all the way back to your first question or to the question about how did I what taught me that? Yeah. I watched that in my parents. Mm-hmm. Right. I watched that with my mother and my stepfather. I watched that in his business world and the way he treated her and how I was treating her. Yeah. Right. It was just. It was what I knew. You were conditioned that way. I was conditioned that Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. So I say all of that craziness to get all the way back to that moment because it's the byproducts of the habits that you pick up that become the reality. And I didn't realize that that was my reality. And it took that moment flying back from New Orleans for me to actually get it. Yeah. Clicked. I'm slow. I'm really slow. (laughs) Like, slow learner. Got it. (laughs) No, it took her to say that to me that kind of made me feel like, wow, I've left you on the outside. But well, I haven't. But, but I haven't. that's probably hmm. why she was on the outside, so that she could be that perspective for you and then let you know about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't really, when we're in it, we don't see what's going on on the outside. 100%. I mean, you see the lens that you see, mm-hmm. and you're focused on the target you see. And sometimes you don't see the peripherals, right? You, yeah. don't, you don't see yeah. things on the outside. Yeah. Um, and you don't see color either. That's craziness. I see black and white, and I'm not being politically correct, but I'm saying that I get very tunnel-visioned. Yeah. On a target. And I don't mean that in another way. I mean, in business, yeah. I'm focused on a goal or a number or and I'm going to get to that. Yeah. If come hell or high water, I'm going to move mountains to get to it. Um, and that's just sheer determination mm-hmm. because I know that I'm weaker than everybody else. That's the reality. I'm weaker educationally than everybody else. And that's been that through my business life. That's why I self-educate. That's why I surround myself with the right people. Yeah. Because I know where my weaknesses are, right? And I know where my strengths are. My strengths are navigating and bringing teams together and, and navigating forward. And they'll follow. And that's the craziest thing in the world is I've had so many people in the world follow me. Yeah. Right. In business, like, hey, we're going we're gonna, to, I don't care what we're doing. Follow me into battle. What, they die because of it, right? Or, or whatever the collateral is. But in business, they will literally move because of a direction. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys remember the old commercial E.F. Hutton. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Yeah. Right? Mm. That's now become kind of a weird. I wear this Bush, this Reagan Bush hat right right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm always pissing people off with that. But <laughs> it's, um, it's kind of relevant to the world of not knowing. Sometimes you don't know who you are. Right. Yeah. And then you have to figure it out. Yeah. And yeah. you figure it out along the way. Yeah. It doesn't mean you know in the beginning. Because we talked about leadership. I know yeah. what I'm good at. I'm good at building friction, right? And then I'm good at stepping out of the way and letting leaders actually take it on to the next level, yeah. right? I'm real good at that. So, and I embrace that. I don't necessarily want to run the day-to-day. You're a visionary. I, I am, and I'm more of an artist than that because I yeah. see big picture and I like big, uh, my appetite exactly. is huge. And sometimes it takes my people to reel me back in and say, hey, Get get back down here in reality because you're not gonna do. We're not doing this. That's not what's happening here. But, um, but I've got a lot of good people around me, and I think that's that's probably the underlying current of success. Is yeah. if it wasn't for the team and it wasn't for her, then I'd probably be a fish out of water. Seriously, because yeah. somebody's got to guide me, or, or I'm a I'm I'm a freaking missile. Meaning that uh, you know you it's controlled chaos sometimes yeah. in my life. And because I do have a lot going on, so if somebody's not navigating yeah, exactly. and pushing me back into a lane, right, or if they see me get into weeds into a company or something, they'll push me back over and say, hey, get back in your lane. Mm-hmm. And they do that all the time. But I, I respect my leaders. Yeah. I respect them. So when they tell me to get out of their lane, yeah, I won't step over them. 
Yeah. I won't step over them. I literally, I trust their decision. If you make it right, wrong, or different, that's all right. Just don't get a suit. That's all I'm after. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't get a suit. Easy enough. But that's why it's worked <clears throat> out for you, because you can have the vision, but also respect them enough to listen to their opinion, where sometimes people get so caught up in that vision, they're like, nope, this is it. This is what's going to happen. So that's that's big to listen to your team. But I think, I know 100%, I think that if anybody thinks they can do it alone when they're confused, oh, yeah. so no, that's just the reality. You cannot. But also ego gets in the way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I see a lot of these guys out there pounding chest and look at this and look at that. I mean, uh, you know, it almost, you almost have this, I don't, it's not, I do not regret this at all, at any level, but <clears throat> sometimes you almost feel like you have to justify your success. Mm-hmm. Being serious. So yes. people say, man, I know you travel a lot. How's the airports? I don't even want to answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> because it sounds so, it sounds so wrong when I say it. Like, I wouldn't know. I don't fly yeah. commercial. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I hear it's bad. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I hear that there's a lot of cancellations. But I usually won't answer the question. I say, yeah, it sounds, it looks pretty rough out there. I mean, I don't, mm-hmm. I won't mislead them, but I just won't answer <laughs> it. But it sounds wrong. But I mean, at the end of the day, um, that doesn't change me, but it yeah. changes the way they view me. Yeah. Right? It's their and perspective. Wh- and why is that? Because there's an airplane over here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's success? Yeah. I don't know. That's a benchmark in success, but that's not success. Yeah. Yeah. Success is that little blonde-headed chick that you met on the plane. Yeah, that's success. Exactly. You know, and twenty-something years later, and she hasn't killed me. That's yeah. success. <laughs> she hadn't divorced me, right? And and I haven't burned it down. That's mm-hmm. what's more amazing is that I haven't burned it down, because I've actually stayed in my lane. Yeah. Meaning that there's moments when I didn't. Meaning friction, right? Mm-hmm. So meaning or decisions or what have you, and. She's been quick to come in there. Last year she did it to me a little bit because I made a deal and I said I wouldn't go past this number and I blew past that number in a bad way and <laughs> she wasn't having it. I blew past the date that she wasn't having it and, it and ultimately it led to a very frictionable conversation right before our vow renewal Yeah. where I canceled it. Wow. Yeah, this was like weeks before. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And um, we talked about that mindset shift of where it took me five years to get out of it and it took me two weeks to get back in it yeah yeah and our lives changed at that point so i don't know if ashley's in here but ashley was um our event planner our wedding planner for that yeah and she had to deal with me she had to deal with the craziness of my life at the time and then she had to deal with my wife shutting down at the time and mm-hmm. she didn't really she just didn't want to deal with it she didn't want to deal with it it was too much. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. It was just too much. Mm-hmm. And whether or not I was going to live or die or whether or not something was ha- I mean, she didn't know. Yeah. And then you follow that up with Libya. Anyway, I could go down this road of all of this chaos that I create in my life. For what? For what? For what? For what? For her. No. No? No. Not no one for her. So what was it for? Um, in the beginning, it was uh, the purpose was money. Yeah. 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 The purpose was money, um, and my purpose shifted in the middle of it all. In the middle. And it's then so it became cool. about humanity. Really? Yeah. Yes. And then it no longer became about money. And then I made a decision that could have cost us everything. And uh, it's funny how all that's worked out today. So. Yeah. But you took the risk. I took a massive risk. Yes. Massive risk and. Not one that, that I knew that I was taking at the time when I committed to doing it. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately that led to something that literally changed the news yesterday on TV. Yeah. True story. Yeah. Right? You literally watch friction in the world starting to change in certain places for a reason. Yeah, true story. I may or may not have had my finger in that little, little dip jar. Yeah. So, you know, you sometimes some people around you don't need to know the vision. They don't need to understand the vision. They just need to trust you. Right. Yes. And we tested that theory last year. <laughs> yeah. A lot. And then poor Ashley. I mean, I remember I flew in from Mexico from a, from a situation down there, and I'm in the dressing room getting my my suit finished and from the tailor, and I get this call. Anyway, I was supposed to go back to Eastern Europe. And I said, what? Yep. 
We'll wrap it up in a minute. Yeah. Anyway, she said, hey, I need you. I said, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to be back the day of our wedding. I'll be landing in D.C. about 10 o'clock, and then I'll be back. If I'm not here by 2, that means I'm not coming. Right. That's what that means. (laughs) So all this crazy. And I said, don't tell my wife. Uh Don't tell her. I'm going to tell her I got to go to a meeting, and it's going to get extended. Just don't tell her. Right. So this craziness goes on in my world like that. But ultimately, that's gone. Right. So um, now the friction, uh, friction is real. It's Mm -hmm. all relevant. I don't care if it's, I don't care what you're doing. If you're selling hot dogs at at the stadium or you're trying to drive a multi-million dollar business. Yeah. Like yourselves. So love it. Yeah. It's real, man. Yeah, it is real and you're authentic and I respect that. So thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate you. Thanks for taking some time today. No, I love it. For those of you guys that don't know, we're actually going over time right now. TW is supposed to be walking on on stage okay. here next door. Now we have a reason to get both him and his wife back yeah, on. Yeah, because I want to hear how you met Tanya on the plane. So we'll talk about that later yes. on. That's a whole other subject. Save it for part two. Reach out to her. She'd love to. Oh, yeah, yes. we'll do it. We'll, be, we'll be in Texas yeah. here in the next few weeks. We'll, we'll figure something we will. out. Absolutely. So, dude, thank you so much, Debbie, for hanging out. Oh, I appreciate it. It's always yeah. an, it's always such a pleasure to hang out with you. And just I learned so much just hearing you just share wisdom. So thank you. And I'm sure our audience, are, they're going to appreciate it, too. Well, they I appreciate will. you. Thank you. We really hope this story has inspired you to chase your American dream. Do you have a great story to share? We'd love to hear it. All you got to do is send us an email to stories at AmericanContractorShow.com. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. And share it with others. Inspiration should always be shared.